Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The big bad is back. This time... I'm not sure I'm getting the clearance to come into the initiative. I've been thinking about the world. Like vampires. Take a stand and say that. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this one. Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today's episode of Beer with Buffy, we are reviewing season four, episode 14. Goodbye, Iowa. Yeah, we never liked you anyway. Which, honestly, that's the only thing you can say to Iowa. It's Iowa. Seriously. Also, holy fuck, that's a lot of corn. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm really bored. Like, I'm literally crawling out of my skin. That's a lot of corn. That's that, what you say in Iowa. That makes me think of Wayne's World. We're in Delaware. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa, Delaware, what's the difference? <laughs> Probably corn. <laughs> Maybe it's more soy in Delaware. Maybe. I can't even think where the fuck Delaware is. Or Iowa, for that matter. Iowa's just west of Wisconsin. Oh, right, right. Delaware, okay. I'm pretty sure, is right on top of Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so unfortunate for Delaware. It really is. <laughs> no matter where you go, there you are. In Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> should call it hyper-aware. Huh? Oh, God. That's the state I live in. Uh, sounds like we need to move to the Bermuda Triangle. Probably. All right. I have a confession to make, Rex. Oh, God. What? I got beans in my arm. <laughs> More importantly, they're my beans, and you're thawing them out, and I don't like it. <laughs> Rex, what are your beans doing in my arm? Oh, Yes, I politely informed him that I would be using his frozen vegetables as an ice pack. It's really good for tendonitis, uh, yeah. icing your forearms. So you should all do that right if, now. If you have tendonitis. Pause the podcast. Go ice your forearms. <laughs> You'll thank me. But only uh, if you have tendonitis. Right. Like, if if they don't have tendonitis, they won't thank you. Then their arms will just be cold. <laughs> then they'll thank me for the experience anyway. <laughs> That's right. Give us a call and tell us about your forearm icing experience at 269-743-0783. Oh, man. I have another confession to make, everybody. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> what? I had the best decaf Americano of my life today. You Fucking traitor. <laughs> the moment I saw that tweet, I'm like, you fucking traitor. <laughs> I haven't had coffee or any caffeinated beverages for like two weeks now. And uh, I feel great, actually. Dude, two days ago, I overslept. And when I woke up, I was just in a really shitty headspace. And I didn't want to fucking make any coffee because I was running low on creamer or something. And so I didn't have any coffee before work. And then I fucking went to work. 
the coffee machine at work is awful and the coffee at work is awful. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. I need some caffeine. And so I took a sip of fucking coffee in an entire 24 hour period. Yikes. I won't be doing that again. (laughs) Death before decaf. Well, that's just the withdrawal talking. See, I actually kind of of enjoyed the withdrawal because it gave me a great excuse to sleep during the day, which I normally did anyway. But, you know, without all that fucking caffeine in my system, it was actually restful. Well, I I guess the the difference is caffeine is self-medicating my ADHD. You don't have ADHD. I might. It's undetermined. You probably don't. Okay, Dr. Rex. I'm just saying you you're. The number one thing is you're too fucking good at being able to go, oh, exactly five minutes has passed. Actually, I don't know. Not important. Anyway, how about a mom synopsis? Joshua, what are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just having an existential crisis. (laughs) That's very nice, Joshua. Have you looked for jobs doing that? I... uh, I'm just going to let that go. Mom... Where are my floppy disks? <laughs> Joshua, don't talk that way to your mother. I just need to boot a RAM stick up in my hard drive, Mom. God. Joshua, why are you ramming sticks with a boot into your googlies? Wait, what? I think you're misunderstanding something, Mom. Joshua, you're treating your body like it's an amusement park. That's not true. I don't charge admission. (laughs) All right, Joshua, what's going on in Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Why is Spike getting his pretty face smashed in? Well, Spike made the classic blunder (laughs) of thinking that after you change sides that you can go back and just hang out with them and everything will be just fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, that's like 90% of the way through the episode. So at the beginning of the episode, Buffy has to fill in Giles and Xander and the rest of the Scooby gang in. On the events of last episode, it appears that we're starting off right where we left off from last episode. Basically, we're all pretty sure that Walsh is a murdering psychopath who's making zombie demons in the basement. And that's pretty much the case. And they all decide to go hide in Xander's basement. Obviously, why wouldn't that be the best place to hide? Giles is like, oh, nobody will come look for me here. Right on cue, Riley walks in and he doesn't take the news well. So he goes to do some investigation, and he finds out that Walsh is dead. They tell him to go back to his room. There's nothing you can do here. And he says, fuck that. And he takes his squad out demon hunting. Like you do. Like you do. Meanwhile, Adam is on the loose, killing small children and alerting the Scooby gang to problems because it looks like a Pulgara demon has been going around stabbing everybody with its spikety spike that's in its arm thing. You know, not a spikety spike, spikety spike, but a, its own stabby, skewer spikety spike. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah, working on it. Buffy's trying to track down information while the Scooby gang does their research on Pelagra or Pulgara demons or whatever the fuck they're called. So she goes down to Willie's joint and Riley follows her there. And he flips the fuck out and she has to take him back to the basement 
at Xander's house where he's clearly having some sort of withdrawal symptoms. Therefore, her and Xander do some recon down into the initiative to try and get more information on what the fuck is going on, where they happen to overhear that him and the rest of his squad has been drugged and they're part of an experiment. And Riley also does not take the news well that Maggie Walsh was building Adam, whom they all get to meet and have a big confrontation with, and he kicks everybody's ass and escapes again, and the squad goes after him, and Riley has to go to the hospital. Buffy feels real bad about it. That's about it. Yeah. That's about it. Cold open? Before that, though, I want to ask you... uh the classic blunder that Spike made in this episode. Yes. Where does that rank? How close is that to don't start a land war in Asia? <laughs> and, the, and the other is never go toe-to-toe with a Sicilian when death is on the line. Exactly. <laughs> like, how, clo- how close is, is his blunder to those? It's number three. It has to be number three. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just... Want to make sure? No, it's a valid question. Yeah. Thank you. You want to be able to guard against these sorts of activities. I need to be able to categorize things when they're inconceivable. Exactly. That is correct. Ladies, gentlemen, spiny headed creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As the sun goes down, 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 Competition is a beautiful thing. Moves here. Yeah, cold open to Buffy telling the Scooby gang about what happened to her. Immediately out of the gate, we get a line that I wrote down because she goes in. Oh, yeah, I had a few here, too. Bam, it's raining monsters. And then just very casually, Xander's like, hallelujah. Hallelujah. (laughs) It's raining monsters. It made me think, um, have you seen the meme that talks about it's raining men and let the bodies at the floor are just two different perspectives on the same event. No, but that's amazing. <laughs> I love it. Okay. But yeah, Buffy's telling them about the double cross. And Spike gets up in her shit. He's criticizing her taste in men. And she's like, what does my taste in men have to do with this? You think Riley was out knitting booties for your future offspring while Maggie was stringing you up? It's like, you know, that's... I mean, he has a very valid fucking point. That is a good point. Yeah. And Giles is like, well, uh, we must consider all the possibilities. I mean, yeah, it happens to be that Riley didn't know anything about it. But from their perspective, it really is unlikely that Riley wouldn't have had anything to do with it. It's really a 50-50 shot. Yeah. Honestly. But Buffy's got his back. She's like, no, no, Maggie made sure that he was nowhere around when she sent me on this very special make Buffy dead assignment. Yeah. And Ra- and and Willow backs her up. Yeah. And of course, Xander is, of course, oh, yeah, I, super skeptical. Something about the way Willow said this just appealed to me. Um, maybe it's just because it's Willow and I fucking love Willow. Plus, Riley seems like he wouldn't tell a little white lie, let alone a whole bunch of big dirty ones and just seeing the words big dirty ones come out of willow's mouth is weird (laughs) regardless of context sick fuck yeah (laughs) ah shucks you got me partner (laughs) i thought worthy of note here was that xander verbatim calls them the scooby gang again which we haven't heard that many times as of yet i think that might actually only be the second or third time something like that it's not that many 
I kind of want to start a counter. So ding, three. <laughs> Two proper, but the, three total. We'll never remember that. I might. <laughs> we'll see. Somebody keep track of me. Somebody, get, Geraint, get on that. <laughs> so anyway, Buffy's like, what could she have been so desperate to hide? Cut to Adam emerging from a bunker in the woods. Yes. Hmm. Opening credits. Buffy is gathering and distributing weapons and getting every, getting all the Scoobies ready to GTFO. By the way, we're still at Giles' house. Yes. Did I say that? You didn't, but, you know, we are. Okay. Xander's like, yeah, let's go fight them fuckers. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and Buffy's like, no, we're going to go hide. And he's like, oh, yay. Oh, thank Keanu. <laughs> Where, though? Because they're sure as hell not going to hide at Willow's house or Buffy's house or anywhere that Willow hangs no, out. they have to hide in Xander's basement. Obviously. Did you write down the exchange between Giles and Spike? You know, I think I did. It's actually one of my quotes of the day. Absolutely not. I will not squat in that dank hole. What? Well, it was good enough for me, but you're above it all. Precisely. <laughs> And he finishes that with it. Besides, I, I don't see why we can't stay right where we are. Uh, it's very unlikely that those initiative boys are going to come around here to look for... And Riley bursts in right on cue. I was yep. literally counting down three seconds the second I caught a whiff of Giles being haughtily contrary. And they didn't miss a fucking beat. Nope. So, yeah, slightly predictable. They did that particular thing a lot in this episode. Yeah, and just God bless Anya. <laughs> so Riley's like, Buffy, what happened? Tell me. Buffy's like, Maggot tried <laughs> to kill me. And Anya's like, it didn't work, but they're all upset anyway. <laughs> Were you as disappointed as I was that when Riley busts in the door, he didn't say, Buffy, there's a problem? <laughs> yes extremely disappointed <laughs> that's the exact line that it should have been <laughs> we're gonna get it one of these days we still got half the series left yeah we are actually actually slightly less than half yeah we're over the hump hump <laughs> my lovely not lady hump yeah that on your line though i it didn't work but they're all upset anyway is just Oh, that's one of my quotes of the it's, day. It's pure Anya. Yep. And then my favorite part of this whole scene is Riley sees Spike. <laughs> yeah, there's no hiding it anymore. No. Like, it's, this is like the third time he's seen him with them, or maybe only the second. Spike is at first like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, ah, fuck I'm, it. I'm Xander's friend over <laughs> here. Yeah, I sod it. Yeah, I'm, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> or bugger it, whatever. And then he's like, no, I'm I'm going to fuck off. And then he goes to leave. And I just, any fucking time that Spike goes to leave any place in the middle of the fucking day is hilarious to me. <laughs> <laughs> he, he puts his coat on. He's looking all cool and badass and like, oh, fuck this place. Yeah, I'm way too good for this place. And then he has to pull it up over his head like a tit. <laughs> I was expecting him to grab the tarp or to open the right. door and have get seared by the sun like, oh, right. It's daytime. <laughs> I think that's where the joke was there. Yeah. But they didn't do it. 
It's still so fucking hilarious the way he runs off because we actually get to see through the little window by the door him running across the fucking little courtyard area. <laughs> it's just a brief moment of him like running after the door closes. Uh-huh. I just love it. It's <laughs> hilarious. And just the idea of him like running down the street like that for blocks and blocks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he probably just found a sewer real quick or something. Yeah, but, but it's, still. I think it's funnier if you th- if he like went the whole way under above ground. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard him mention in interviews that that he really didn't like having to enter and leave scenes that way cuz it all felt like really forced. Right. Yeah. And it, it, he was like, "Oh god, am I even adding to the show?" And, wait, he doesn't talk in a British accent. <laughs> I just I can't picture his face without thinking of this of his British accent. But yeah, he's like, "I hope I'm not actually detracting from the show." By doing this, and you're not. No, no. But it's fucking hilarious. At the but time, in a good way. it was nice of him to think of it. But yeah, Riley is super pissy about Spike, and Xander just tells him to shut the hell up about it. Yeah, and they're they're they try to explain the Spike thing, and Xander's like, no, 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 no. We're not changing the fucking subject. Yeah. And then the subject comes back around to Maggie, and Riley's not having it. He's like, no, Maggie can't be evil. Hey, Riley, denial is not just a river in Egypt. It is also a river in Egypt, though. Yes. Denial. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also filling Riley. Denial. Yeah. He's he's totally in denial. Mm -hmm. It's, It's filling in. All of the place that the drugs were taking. (laughs) We're not there yet. I know. Dig this. Dig this. Sire has a weight. Sire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Or water. Usual. Oh, yeah. I hit him. With what? A desk. So cut to outside in the woods. Yeah. Adam is approaching a small child playing hard air quotes with his action figure. Wasn't there another scene like this a couple seasons ago where there was like some kid that was supposed to be playing with toys and he really sucked at it? I don't remember. Like, I. They haven't really had any luck with child actors on this fucking show. No. (laughs) I don't know who the casting director was, but stop it. (laughs) God. Probably more a matter of, you know, finding a parent. Well, no, there's tons of stage parents. That's not the issue. It is so fucking weird, though, watching a demon-esque bad guy walking around in the fucking daylight on this goddamn show. Yeah, luckily the makeup was fairly decent. Otherwise, yeah. that would have been way too much light. I agree. Be like, you, you need a nighttime scene for that shit. But yeah, he's like, what am I? And, he's, and the boy's like, you're a monster. All, like, fucking perfectly fine with it. Nonchalant. What are you? I'm a boy. (laughs) I'm a real boy. (laughs) (laughs) And then he probably kills him. You look uh, look good for stabbing. Yeah. I'm going to stab you now. Yeah. Do you remember the action figure that the kid was playing with? Yes. Did you recognize that character as anyone? No. Okay, I didn't either. I don't think it was anyone. Because it kind of almost resembled... Adam? And I think that's what they were kind of going for. Right. And I got that. But I mean, there's so many fucking 
superheroes out there, they could have found somebody with with some fucking bionic plates on their head or whatever. And think about all the fucking 90s knockoff toys that existed. Right? So, yeah, probably just some generic bullshit. Anyway, he's like, what am I? What are you? How do you work? I don't know. I just do. What the fuck kind of answer was that? Uh, what the hell kind of a question is it to ask a little boy? What do you expect? His kids say the darndest things. I kind of want to walk up to random kids and be like, how do you work? And just to see what they fucking respond with. Uh. But then I'd probably get arrested. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. No, you just have to find them while they're not with their parents, you see. Uh, oh, um, I... I- I see that's problematic. Yes. Right out of the gate there. <laughs> yes. Um, alrighty. <laughs> We're just asking them questions. I don't see what the problem is. <laughs> so the kid points at his demon arm and he's like, what's that for? And he's like, why? It's for making little boy kebabs, little boy. Yay, little boy kebabs. <laughs> oh my God. He might not know how things work, but it's a lot easier to make things not work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I learned that as a kid. Taking things apart is super simple and easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. The real skill is putting it back together. I once took apart my dad's drill and put it back together, and it still worked afterwards, but it made this really bad clicking noise. Well, the trick is you're not supposed to have spare parts afterwards. I didn't. Huh. But I I fucked something up because his drill made this really bad clicking noise. And uh, I don't know if he ever realized that I had taken it apart and put it back together. But he knew that something was fucking wrong with it. Yeah. So cut to the street where uh, Riley is brooding a wee bit. Yeah, really channeling that deep angel energy. Yeah. It's like he has some sort of telepathic connection with the brooding. Yeah. And then cut. God damn it. <laughs> Angel, don't you feel telepathically how broody I am? Anyway, then a quick cut to 314. Wait, we need to check this episode of Angel that aligns up with this one. <laughs> and see if there's any moments. Should we make a note? Where he's like, huh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I feel a call to the brood. That would be amazing. (laughs) Anyway, cut to room 314 at the initiative. You know, I want to know what's going on in room 313 and 315. Like baking cookies. What? With pot in them. Eh, I'm not a fan. Just don't eat four of them. (laughs) (laughs) We're not getting into that on the podcast. Okay. But yeah, the doctor finds uh, Walsh's body. Yeah, I don't think they could afford the actress to get Walsh to do a dead body scene here. Oh, God, no. It was definitely not her. Yeah, she was face down. (laughs) I was like, that's definitely not her. (laughs) And douche kebab over here notices the lights aren't working, slips and falls on some blood. Yep. And then takes way too long to notice that there's a dead body. Right across from yeah, him. Yeah, and then notices that Adam is also gone. And then we cut to... <laughs> then we cut to Xander. Xander's basement that doubles as his sex dungeon. Do you remember Saturday morning cartoons? 
Of fucking course they do. God, I miss Saturday morning cartoons. I mean, I remember Looney Tunes more specifically than I remember Saturday morning cartoons. Well, yeah. I think I over, only ever watched Saturday morning cartoons like a handful of times on purpose. No, that was that was my fucking jam. Nice. After these messages, we'll be right back. <sighs> <laughs> No, we won't. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. <laughs> no, we're, we still got plenty of episode left. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> they're watching the Coyote and Roadrunner. I even remember this exact fucking episode, but there's this bit. The, the Coyote has this giant wrecking ball on a, on a rope and lets it go. And the Roadrunner stops running and it swings all the way around in a nice big 360 degree circle and smashes the coyote. Yeah, with absolutely zero accountability for physics. Yes. Or the length that that rope would have been in the first place. Like and it was much shorter coming back around up top than it looked like it was while it was going down. Also, the coyote held it out in front of him so it was wouldn't have been long enough to actually like hit him. But well, it hit him. Right. And obviously Willow chuckles and Another quote of the day here. Buffy says, that would never happen. Well, no, Buff. That's why they call them cartoons, not documentaries. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, poor Giles comes out and he <laughs> shuts the TV off because he got the shite end of the sleeping stick. Oh, my God. Why would you make the oldest guy there sleep on a fucking beanbag? I would have said fucking no. Yeah. Like... I'd have been like, I have a spine, and it says, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I probably would have just slept on the floor, even over the oh, pullout God. sofa. Yeah. Yeah. But he's sleeping on, I think he said something about a beach ball, but it looked like it was a pool toy and a beanbag or something. Yeah. I thought it was a beanbag, but well, they the were fuck knows? They were talking about the squeaking noise that it was making, so it was an inflatable something or other. Giles is exchanging quips with Anya. I didn't write any of them down, but no. Buffy stops them with, Okay, you guys, could we not please? Everything screwed up enough without you two doing scenes from my parents' marriage. <laughs> that line was gold. That was a good line. So I think that's one of my quotes of the day. One of the things that Giles did say to Anya was Wagnerian snoring, as in like Wagner. Yeah. And just the that composer brings about images oh my god i would murder someone if they were snoring like that or at the very least auditory hallucinations yes yeah so then xander shows up he's got a big tray of food and shit and he's telling them to turn on the tv and the news is magically on now instead of looney tunes and this is where they learn that that the boy got mutilated and turned into a boy kebab yep and they give this unnaturally graphic description of the boy's death and they mention a large skewer. They decipher from this that it must have been uh, that fucking demon that I can't think of the name of again. Pol Parabola. Polgara. Polgara fucking demon. <laughs> Polgara. Polgara. So they decipher from this that it must have been this Polgara demon because they know it to have skewers in its arms. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they think that Walsh sent it after Buffy and it must have gotten distracted and... Um, started hunting other random shit. But then Buffy is like, you know what? God damn it. We're going to fucking do something about this and has a whole empowering speech. 
which I didn't write down her actual speech. Because I didn't either. It, the speech itself is unimportant. I'm going to go kill some shit and avenge this boy. But that's it. That probably would have sounded more commanding if I wasn't wearing my yummy sushi pajamas. Yeah. And they are, in fact, yummy sushi pajamas. They're covered in yummy sushi. <laughs> Not real sushi, mind you. Pictures. They're pictures. Of course. I don't know. I think everyone kind of seemed a bit blasé about the kid dying here. Like, even in her speech, it, it was, like, written to demonstrate how much she cares. But then she seems to care more about looking silly in her yummy sushi pajamas. Right? Um, yeah. And the the news lady was like... I am reporting the news right now. <laughs> Boy gets horribly massacred. I'm looking at his body right now. Maybe they were all just aware that he was not a very good child actor, and they're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really better off for everyone. The city rejoices at the massacring of this very, very untalented actor. He <sighs> left us too soon, <laughs> but not soon enough. And you're what? Shocked and disappointed? I'm evil. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate of the face of the world. That was pathetic. You should know better. You should know better than attempt the fate of the face of the world. There's a lot more than that. A fantastic day. Birds singing. Squirrels making lots of rotten little squirrels. Cut to Riley's house. Yeah, where he runs into Forrest. Riley is telling Forrest about Walsh trying to kill Buffy. Forrest's response is basically, well, if she tried to kill Buffy, maybe Buffy needed killing. Riley's calling out Forrest on being a butthurt douche. He's like, why do you hate Buffy so much? And I'm like, yeah, you're the one that wanted them to hook up in the first place. Right. But I guess, you know, he didn't know that she was the fucking slayer at that point. Yeah. So well, that makes sense. I think it's honestly just that he... He was like, oh, great. She's a badass. She's more badass than me. My manliness is in question. Yeah. Fragile masculinity. Definitely. Yeah. Def definitely fragile. <laughs> very, very fragile. But yeah, then the other dude that comes in that's always with him and I can never fucking remember his goddamn name. Douche canoe number three. Douche canoe number three comes in and Riley's like, not now, private. And he's like, but Walsh is dead. <laughs> <laughs> Pile! <laughs> Cut to the initiative room 314. Riley's absolutely leaping to the conclusions here. Right. That Buffy must have killed Walsh. Or. No, sorry, Forrest. Forrest does. Yeah, he's like, I don't know. Looks like a staking to me. Okay. First off, okay, yes, he was skewered with something, but there's lots of things that you can stab people with, and there's no specific sign that it was wood, A. But B, the fucking little spike thing that that Adam has is thinner than the average Way fucking spike. skinnier. Way that, skinnier. Yeah. The only thing that Buffy has that could be close to the same thickness is Mr. Pointy. Yeah. Which we haven't seen Mr. Pointy in quite a while. No, I think they gave up on Mr. Pointy. Mr. Pointy is going to have a comeback. Just you wait. Oh, he's coming back. <laughs> he's coming back, Jerry. <laughs> I'm on team Mr. Pointy. All right. Good for you. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> so, yeah. And suddenly everyone is welcome in super secret land. 
Right. Like, and they're all just lounging, loafing around. Check it out. We're all hanging out in room 314. It's okay. People have emotions, you know? Everybody's upset. That's how the military works, right? Exactly how the military works. So Mr. Asshat No Chin Scientist tells Riley that they have to wait for Washington to come in and do an internal investigation. Riley says, fuck that. He's like, well, I'm still the ranking officer here, and I say we go demon hunting. I have a problem here because... First off, the doctor is giving orders to Riley and Forrest in a way that would indicate he's the superior officer. But if Riley is the superior officer, why the fuck has the doctor not looked at him and gone, sir, what do we do? Yeah, that's some horse shit. No, and just the fact that that scientist had access to 314 and Riley didn't tells me that he's the ranking officer. Yeah. Even if he is just a scientist... Like, nobody down there isn't military. Exactly. Everyone fucking has a goddamn rank. Yeah. But no, they're they're all like, oh, we're gung-ho, we're gonna go find this fucker. And everyone suit up. Get the Hummers! And they do. And they do. Yeah. I, I bet they spent so much of their budget on this one shot of two Hummers. <laughs> right. Cut to the graveyard. But their first stop is Spike's Crypt. Yeah. For some reason. Fuck you, Forrest. Yeah. Do you know how much Spike looks forward to the telly? Yeah. He's got stories to watch, okay? Anyway, they come in. Douche Canoe notices that the TV's still warm. So obviously someone must be here. And they walk over to the, the fucking actual sarcophagus thing. And they open it up, but it's just a body. So they close it. They they didn't close it, Oh, though. you're right. They, they didn't left close it, it open. Yeah. I'm like, you fucking twats. And then he smashes the fucking TV for no reason. No good reason. It's like, oh, He's an emotional it, it, boy. it's probably just some homeless guy that lives there. And it is actually. A, it's a homeless person. Right. I mean, Spike is technically homeless. Yeah. Do you know how difficult it is for homeless people to find a working television? Right. You dick. But no, it turns out that Spike was in the crypt under the dead body. Under the dead body. That is some impressive work on how fast he slipped underneath a dead body and then pulled a giant stone slab over top of him. I would have to assume that he would have it prepared or something. I guess. That seems like something I might do if I was in his position. Yeah. Yeah, he probably had that planned out somehow. Like, he probably already had it opened and... Like a blanket turned down for him to just slide under and pull it back and then slide the stone over. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like, here's my getaway, my my hiding spot under this dead body. <laughs> well, that helps. Cut to... The crime scene. Yeah. Riley's uh, getting his own words shoved directly up his ass where they belong. Yep. Because Buffy's trying to apologize and he informs her that Walsh is dead, which would have been fine. Everything would have been fine. But Riley's like, you happy now? And it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, here we go. What a dick fucking move. You've gone beyond broody land and now you're in douche canoe land. Yup. You're you're in the douche canoe with the rest of your fucking homies. That is correct. Start rowing, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Buffy, obviously, as she should, takes offense to this and and she's like, no, fuck you. I fight for all of humanity, even you douches right yeah i mean even if she had been happy that walsh was dead she'd have been justified yeah kind of 
But since the shock of, you know, attempted murder by the hand of someone you'd come to respect and admire hasn't even worn off yet. No, she's not fucking happy, Riley. Yeah. Yeah. And also, have you fucking met the girl? She hasn't been happy since she became the fucking Slayer, for fuck's sake. (laughs) Right? At least not for more than a fleeting moment. By far, the only other person that is more broody than her is Angel himself. I mean, she wasn't really all that happy before she became the Slayer either, because she grew up in a broken marriage. Well, yeah. So Riley's upset about Walsh on both accounts, both that she tried to kill Buffy and that she's dead now. Buffy figures out very quickly that the, the Pelagra demon theory uh, regarding, because he tries to be like, well, it's classified and I can't tell you. And she's like, oh, it was yeah. a Pelagra demon. And, and that's what he actually thinks, too. So he's not lying. Polka demon. Just po- say polka demon. Yeah, the polka demon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know polka music very well, or I'd imitate some right now. So just imagine that I'm imitating polka music. I'm sure it's awful. <laughs> You're welcome. It involves an accordion. Yeah. And if that scene from Home Alone was accurate in any way, John Candy playing a clarinet also. You know why I know you know polka music? Because you've seen Groundhog's Day a lot. Oh, yeah. The music that they're playing in the park? Yeah. That's polka music. Something the polka, we're having some fun. Exactly. That's polka music. We're gonna entertain you. That's, by the way, the Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania Polka. Oh. That's the name of that song. Well, they're probably saying the Pennsylvania Polka. Exactly. Ah, well, shit. So Buffy's like, I'm gonna find it, I'm gonna destroy it, and then you can stop asking me how happy all this death makes me. And Riley looks approximately the right amount of guilty. Yeah. Good for that, though. Yeah. Like, he actually feels like a dick for, for saying that. Oh, good. You demonstrate shame. Excellent. <laughs> Buffy, you made some bad choices. You just might have to live with some consequences. This isn't over. If I have to, I'll go all the way to the mayor. Then we cut to Tara's, where Willow is visiting, but she's first worried that Tara might think she's only there for spells. But no. Nope, nope, nope. She's not only there for spells, she's there for Tara. She absolutely enjoys her smiling face and riveting conversational tactics. These two are way too fucking cute together. I know, they're so in love already. But yeah, Willow wants to conjure the goddess Thespia. Well, she doesn't want to... Con- she just wants to call upon to do it's a, it's a summoning not really a conjuring conjuring well, that- implies that you're going to corporeally bring them into the room with you well, she said conjure no she said summoning i'm positive she said conjure in the spell we conjure the goddess thespia to help us locate demonic energy in the area all right go fuck yourself <laughs> But that's not until they actually cast the spell, which isn't happening yet. Well, anyway, she wants to conjure Thespia. And it's to find demonic energy in the area so that they can track down this polka demon. And out of the gate, Tara is not wanting to do this. Yeah, she is definitely uncomfortable and she makes it known. And Willow's like, oh, hell no, it's below us, if anything. Yeah, cause, well, Tara's angle is like, are you sure we could pull this off? This seems like it might be too much for us. Yeah. But it's obvious that she's like, no, I don't really want to fucking do this spell. So we cut over to Willie's joint, 
Willie's Place. Willie's Place. It legitimately <laughs> has a, a name now. Yeah. And a little neon sign. Willie has turned a new leaf, mind you. Yeah, he's got his shit together. And he doesn't snitch anymore. Until you punch him in the face. Yeah. I mean, he's Lightly. tired of getting those stitches. Yeah. You know, snitches get stitches. They do. Yeah. They deserve them, really. I mean, yeah. But Actually, Willie... they deserve to bleed out and die a horrible <laughs> death. But... I don't know that I'd go quite that far, but I like Willie, though. I like Willie, too. Willie's fun. <laughs> My favorite part, though, is he's like, I can't tell you anything. And she's like, I'm going to have to hit you, aren't I? He's like, well, yeah. <laughs> and then she just it doesn't have to hurt, though. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But she like puts her hand up and he's like, oh, God. And she's like, I haven't even fucking hit you yet. <laughs> I haven't touched you, Willie. <laughs> Sorry. Right. All right. Go ahead. Wait. No, I can't talk to you. It was probably the like lightest possible tap that Buffy is capable of. And I can only imagine that the lightest possible tap Buffy is capable of is probably as hard as I could possibly punch something. Yeah, I would probably <laughs> still just make my nose just start draining a bucket of blood. Yeah. And so of the Pelagra demon... Willie says, uh, I heard there was one around a week or two back. Word was you got him. You and those army guys. And Riley shows up because he was following Buffy. I have to say, your Willie voice falls into the same category as your mom voice. It doesn't sound anything like them, but it works exactly as you'd want it to. I think that does actually sound like him, though. I don't know. No, it was way more like... 1920s radio announcer. <laughs> but yeah, he comes in and starts lecturing Buffy over Buffy being around all these bad guys. And like, for fuck's sake, Riley, you obviously would have to understand the concept of like informants. Yeah. And like generalized investiga investigative practices. And also just not being a dumbass when you're in a compromised situation. Right. You're surrounded by demons. You're in their territory. In his slight defense, uh, Riley's going through some shit here in this scene. Yeah, it turns out he's starting to experience the throes of withdrawal. Yeah. And it's not just because he's having an existential crisis. I'm sure that can't help. It's definitely not a good combination at all. Buffy notices he's shaking and I he's think he's getting paranoid. He's definitely having some issues with the concept of gray area. Right. Everything needs to be black and white for this man. Otherwise, he gets upset. Yeah. <laughs> and he turns and ends up pointing his gun at somebody. And it's who? An old woman. Not that old, but older. Well, middle older, aged. yeah. He's even like, I don't even know if I if I shoot you, are you a vampire or are you a person? It's like, hey. Does it matter? Because you're still consorting with demons. Maybe you should not kill someone that you're not sure what they are. Yeah, maybe you're out of your element and you should shut the fuck up. Anyway, he finally makes the right decision, puts his gun down, smashes some glasses in the meantime. But, yeah. you know. That's small collateral damage. What are you going to do? To be fair, it's less damage than Willie's taken the last time that Buffy was there. Right? Like the whole place got fucked up. <laughs> so he has himself a nice little meltdown at the bar 
which is where you're supposed to have meltdowns so that's fine yeah yeah that's that's good everything's fine (laughs) (laughs) all right cut back to uh gander's erotica dungeon gander's erotica dungeon i'm sorry um do you prefer ziles yes because it's giles in xander's basement i definitely prefer ziles ziles i prefer ziles over gander oh i i think i do too (laughs) (laughs) oh god bring the chocolate sauce oh no oh no 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 chocolate sauce for you we talked about this all right how about just poop then Hey, we don't kink shame here at Beer with Buffy. I'm not kink shaming, (laughs) but just some things aren't sanitary. All right, that's fair. All right, so Riley's sitting on the bed. He's clearly like he's sweating. He's shaking. He's like, I don't know who's the good guy and who's the bad guy anymore. Am I the bad guy? Are you the bad guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't know. And Buffy's being very supportive. Yeah. Man, he does really good at this withdrawal slash existential crisis. I gotta give props to the actor. He's definitely got some acting chops. Yeah. Definitely. I don't even know who the fuck, what the fuck his actual name is. And he's jittery. Yeah, me either. Who cares? He's (laughs) clawing at his hand and is, that looks really painful. Right? Like he's got his hand all gashed up. Oh my God. I'm starting to wonder if he's got like a chip in there or something. Maybe. It wouldn't surprise me that no, like, they put chips in everything else. Yeah, everything else. They're like, hey, look, a carrot. Let's put a chip in it. <laughs> and then eat it. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> it's science. <laughs> yes, that's how you do science. <laughs> but no. I'm a poop into science. Oh, God. Buffy finally gets him to calm down a little and lays him down and steps through the curtain to see Giles, Xander, and Anya. Buffy assigns Anya and Giles to do more research to find the Polarga, Polar, Pol- Polka. It's the Polka the Demon. The Polka Demon, yeah. Rex. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> to Christ. find the Polka Demon. Counterage. Get it? it? It's a Polka. Uh-ha! Polka Demon. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm going to go cry to myself to sleep now. Uh. Oh, you do that anyway. <laughs> How would you know, stalker? I may have installed some audio surveillance equipment. Ew. Only audio? Oh, God. I don't want to see anything. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want to hear anything? You got some splaining to do. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> anyway, uh, we we kind of we missed this part previously because it comes back here. Anya is like. Remember, no Xander for you. (laughs) Earlier... You should get yourself someone like Xander. (laughs) But not Xander. You can't have Xander. You can't have him. He's mine. (laughs) But someone like him, but not him. A boring boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah, we totally skipped over that. That was back in the the first scene with the Looney Looney Tunes. Yeah. Anya's not happy about Xander backing buffy up and you know i can't really blame her she doesn't want her fucking boyfriend to die right and the thing is buffy has clearance and she's a great fighter there's like zero risk for her and then there's all the risk for xander because he doesn't have clearance and he can't fight hardly at all 
I mean, if you're going to hang out with anybody in this sort of circumstance, hang out with Buffy. You're less likely to die hanging around Buffy than you are anywhere else. True. So I guess she was just banking on him having some good military intel and just ideas of how operations work. Well, I think partly also she wanted someone else there as another set of eyes. And Xander should know how to move as if he understands military, even though he completely fails at that in its entirety later. Yeah. I I think this is the moment where we can safely say Xander has retained no more military knowledge. Yeah, we briefly had that discussion last episode, and I was like, that'll never come up again, which is why it obviously needed to come up yeah, again. of course. And they say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? So we cut to Tara's room. Where they're doing the spell. Tara, almost not discreetly enough, completely utterly sabotages the spell yeah because they're supposed to blow this dust stuff at this square that's supposed to represent kind of a map of sunnydale after the incantation and willow does it and they both got their eyes closed and then tara opens her eyes and she stuffs it under the couch or something yeah and it's like okay then fake blows it and then which i know why she does it but we're not going to discuss that because that's for a later episode Okay. Yeah, she's definitely not comfortable with the summoning thing that she said, and that's all we know at this time. Cut to the initiative, or rather, above the initiative, in the frat house. Yes. Buffy, (laughs) your disguise is not a disguise. It's really not. Who the fuck are you? Clark goddamn Kent? Glasses (laughs) do not a disguise make. Glasses and a white coat. So she's about to do the retinal scan, and she pushes Xander out of the way, and he's like, hey, what was that for? She's like, I, I, I'm the only one that can pass the retinal skin. And he's like, ew, I don't <laughs> want to see that. Retinal. Yeah. Retinal. Not rectal skin, for starters. You're an idiot. Second of all, yes, you do want to fucking see that. Don't even lie. <laughs> right. Come on. <laughs> it's he, just a scan, not a probe. God, he, do, he does call the uh, the elevator a man-sized microwave, which I appreciated. That. Yeah, his line specifically is, "Why am I not entirely comforted by the arrival of the man-sized microwave?" Another one of my quotes of the day: the elevator door is open. They get off the elevator, and Xander's looking around at the initiative, and he says, "I totally get it now. Can I have sex with Riley too?" Holy moly, look at all that tinfoil. <laughs> that is a lot of tinfoil. I'm not it sure is, it's in fact. Not sure it's enough tinfoil to make me want to bang Riley though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess I maybe I just don't find military stuff that impressive. I think it's just the set that's not that impressive. Yeah. It's a warehouse with some tinfoil, right? And a hole in the ground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Covered in tinfoil. Yeah. And so Xander freaks out and tries to hide from some approaching black ops by attempting to make out with Buffy, who ain't having it. Like, okay, first off, Xander, you've seen too many TV shows. Second off, like, why would he not realize that that would not be the appropriate thing? Yeah, fucking duh. You're only drawing more attention to yourself. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't both just stop them right there and then and be like, 
you two look suspicious. Right. Because they really did. The two guys coming up the stairs obviously had other shit going on. You know, their boss is dead. Right. Quote of the day here. Buffy's like, this is the initiative, Xander. Military guys and scientists do not make out with each other. Xander's reply is, well, maybe that's what's wrong with the world. Ever think about that? I couldn't agree more, Xander. You know, I don't often agree with you, Xander, but this is one of those times. Cut back to Ziles' bondage parlor. (laughs) Where Willow is recanting the failure of the spell and she's upset about it. And I'm sorry, but why the fuck has nobody ever been like, hey, don't these kind of spells usually get cast with more than one person, Willow? She's talked multiple times now about spells that she's done. Giles, with at least, Tara. would yeah. have to be like, that's not that's not a spell you cast alone. That's, that's a high-level spell that either requires multiple people or somebody much more powerful than you. And I think it would have been a great little add-on if his response to her being upset about the spell not working would have been, this is not the kind of spell you do alone. It failed because you were doing it alone. And we got that awkward moment where she was like, uh, uh, but I, oh, 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 okay. Gay mance. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that would have been great. Is the word gay mance offensive? I have no fucking clue. Me either. Let us know. Give us a call at 269-743-0783. I don't know when I'm being offensive anymore. I know when I'm being highly inappropriate, but not necessarily offensive. Yeah. I'm not saying I'll change my ways, but I'd at least like to know. Yeah, Giles is uh, commiserating with Willow that, uh, well, if it makes you feel any better, we're not having any luck over here either. Because they haven't been able to track down this Pelagra demon or really find any useful information on it. Then Riley gives us a jump scare. Yeah, it actually kind of startled me. Yeah, well, because they they had that swelling music and something ominous was going on. But they were talking about Adam. I was like, oh, God, is Adam in the basement? Oh, my God, that's terrifying. And it's just Riley behind the blankets. But it kind of is Adam. But he's kind of scary, too. Especially all, like... In withdrawal and shit. He's sweaty and he's got dark circles under his eyes and this crazy look in his eyes. His eyes are all bloodshot and shit. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's, Riley's having not a good day. Man needs a little bit of self-care here. Yeah. He's, he's like worse than Beavis when he has some coffee. (laughs) He needs some teepee for his bunghole. (laughs) Wow. He is Cornholio. (laughs) <laughs> at least he hasn't put his shirt up over his head yet but spike did give him a minute he did <laughs> <laughs> so they make the mistake of telling riley that buffy went off to the initiative they didn't tell him that in as many words but he figures it out fairly quickly yeah. and then he fucking throws willow down and you know what that's the last straw for me i've been thinking all episode i'm like okay he's upset plus he's got this withdrawal thing going on but i haven't found any real deal breakers in his in his character the question is does the withdrawal affect his judgment and to what degree does it affect his judgment i think it absolutely does a lot here so it's kind of a 
is it really his fault that he threw Willow? No, probably not. But it's still hitting too close to home. I'm like, get away from her. I will kill you. <laughs> get away from her, you bitch. Is that from something? Yeah, aliens. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. What's the one from Back to the Future? Hey, you get your damn hands off her. Yeah. is That's the whole thing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then he punches Biff in the face. Do I have to swear? Yes, damn it. You have to swear. Yes, gosh darn it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, he's pointing guns at little old ladies, throwing Willow around. Fuck you, Riley. Riley's just having a bad day. He just needs his drugs. Let's get him some drugs. He'll be fine. So cut back to the initiative where Buffy and Xander get to overhear a bunch of exposition from Exposition Doctor Guy. Yes, they <laughs> stealthily, hard air quotes, <laughs> over here, asshat McGee, Mr. Anderson or whatever. Exhibition doctor guy. Ex- yeah, that. Exhibition? Oh, sorry. Exposition oh, doctor there guy. There it is. All right. Exposition <laughs> doctor guy. It's like, wow, is he naked under a trench coat? What is going on? I mean, he is wearing a lab coat and we can't see anything else. Oh, my. <laughs> so... Uh, him and his cohort very conveniently are divulging exactly all of the information that Buffy and Xander are there to obtain. How convenient! <laughs> and uh, so apparently the whole squad is in withdrawal because they're off their schedules due to Walsh's death. I'm like, really? That's it? They're not like missing a dosage that Walsh was giving them at some point? They're just too grief-stricken. Well, no, it, it's in. It was supposed to be in their food. He says that it was oh, in their food. Yeah, and I'm a little confused because I would I would have thought that it was the fucking vitamins yeah. that he was taking in the morning. That absolutely makes the most sense. I mean, that's what, when he got the fucking alarm for the vitamins in the previous episode. That's what I fucking thought it was. Yeah, you even said something about it. And why wouldn't they still be getting the same drugged food? Even if Walsh is gone. She didn't have a backup plan for that? She's not in there personally drugging the food in the kitchen. Well, I do think that she wouldn't necessarily have a backup plan of her dying. Because she does strike me as the kind of person who would assume that nothing could possibly go wrong with her life. Yeah. She is a megalomaniac. A little bit. Very true. True talk. I'm dating I am having serious dating with a werewolf, and I'm studying witchcraft and and killing vampires. It's like a drug. Cut back to Willie's place. (laughs) Oh, Spike. Spikey Spike. I got his line here. Did you get his line? I did not get his line. So this is one of my quotes of the day, kind of. He says, double shot of own egg, keep, and make it the good stuff. I don't want no freaking orangutan. Yeah, I had to listen to that like eight times before and then read it. And I was like, Oneg, Oneg. What the fuck is Oneg? Is that like some sort of Britishism? (gasps) Oh, negative blood. Oh, that's funny. I wonder if the different blood types would have a different flavor to them. Right? I bet they would. I mean, I figure if your entire sustenance of life is blood then you'd have to have some sort of preference. Yeah. And you've probably definitely got enhanced taste receptors specifically for blood. Right. 
You'd probably be able to pick out whether or not they were drunk or high or had AIDS or something, cancer, right? a cold, etc. So, yeah. He starts complaining about his situation. He's like, oh, those stupid military guys got me kicked out of my place and blah, blah, blah. And big scary hand goes thump yep. on his shoulder. Um, and I was like, uh-oh, somebody's punching Spike in the face. That's not cool. No. He probably really deserves it, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cut back to the initiative. Buffy and Xander interrogate. The exposition doctor dude. Engelman, that's his name. Yeah, Engelman. Or asshat scientist. I'm not going to actually use his name. Exhibition. (laughs) Exposition. Exposition scientist guy. Exposition doctor dude. Doctor dude. There you go. Who? Doctor who? (sighs) No, (laughs) not doctor who. Oh, my bad. Space Jesus? (laughs) It's not space Jesus? No, it is not Space Jesus. Well, for fuck's sake, what am I even doing here? So, Riley shows up looking rather haggard. Not that he didn't before, but now he's somewhere else looking rather haggard. Yep. Asshat confirms that uh, Maggie Walsh wanted Buffy dead, but it was for her own vendetta. Specifically, it has nothing to do with the initiative's desires as a whole. It wasn't any direct orders... From the government or anything like that. It was just Maggie Walsh being Maggie fucking Walsh. Yeah. And Buffy wants to know what the shit she had going on. What is 314? Riley overhears this and he just flips his fragile whittle nagging. (laughs) (laughs) Say that one more time. Fragile whittle (laughs) nagging. I can't even duplicate that. My mouth will not make that sound properly. Oh my god, that is fantastic. All she was doing was trying to help people, and this is the way you want them to remember her? And Buffy says, Angerman said Walsh was feeding you drugs, Riley. (laughs) You're doing this to me, aren't you? (laughs) Yeah, no dipshit, it's the fucking drugs. Oh my god. She literally just told you that. And he's blaming Buffy now. He's, how you killed her, didn't you, or some shit. What did you do to her? Blah, 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 I'm an asshole. Yeah, you sure are. But he's he's in withdrawal. It's okay. It's excusable. And thump, do let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, and this is another one of those moments where they're like, we gotta find out what's in room 314. Oh, look, this is what was in room 314. Adam shows up. He dropped the body, and he's like, me. Yeah, he let the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Commercial break. (sighs) Yeah. And then Adam gets all intellectual. Yeah, well, and his very first line is one of the lines from our opening theme music for this season. I've been thinking about the world and blah, blah, blah. I opened up that boy and it was beautiful, but I did not learn anything about the world. It's like, well, why not? Weren't you taking notes? He's like, so I thought about what I am. And he's like, I pulled all these records. And he fucking sticks a floppy disk into his chest. Fucking. (laughs) So my question is. Where did it go? (laughs) From a cinematic standpoint here. 
Do you think they must have had a double torso, a fake torso? Yes. And then he just reached his arm around and stuffed that in? I think so. Yeah, because obviously on a costume, unless it was a collapsible disc, you can't do well, that. It's a pretty close. It's a close up when it actually shows the disc going in his yeah. chest. So. so there was no uh, there was no face. You couldn't see his shoulder connected to the torso. So he calls himself, and I quote, a kinematically redundant biomechanical demonoid. Yeah. So I couldn't quite remember when I heard it, but I know I had heard the, the term kinematically redundant. Kinematically redundant is when you have joints in limbs that are redundant. So it a lot of times you see this in robotics, and this is why I actually fucking knew something about this, because I've had a fascination with robotics for a long time, but kinematically redundant joints are extra joints in a limb of a robot so that it will move and have redundancy in the motion. So if any of the joints seize up, it can continue that motion. Oh, neat. But, like, what the fuck about Adam looks remotely kinematically redundant, for uh, fuck's sake? It must be internal. Like, I guess. It, it strikes me as... I was like, wait, so you have double elbows and knees? What's going on? I guess. It just strikes me as bad technobabble. Yeah. Especially... Buffy tried to translate what he was saying in a moment here, and it like didn't sound anything like what he had said. But no, Adam goes for the true mindfuck here because he's like, not only did Maggie create me, but she created you too, Riley. Dun, dun, We're dun. brothers. I'm not your brother, man. I had a mom. You're not my real mom. <laughs> I'll kill you. You better not. Oh, no. That doesn't feel good. <laughs> oh, God. So every, about every two seasons, we're going to repeat jokes. I mean, I'm sure we have plenty by now <laughs> oh i've already made that statement before in other episodes because we were repeating jokes from the first season that's okay yeah. by the time they get here they won't remember them yeah exactly <laughs> i hope everybody's brains are as feeble as mine yes it's time to listen the good guys are always star wars and true the bad guys are easily distinguished by their hunting wars or black hats and, uh, we always defeat them and save the day they start fighting and the the squad is trying to break through the door this whole time yeah i don't understand why they need to break through the door everybody right. else like, seemed to have fuck locked it everybody else seemed to have fucking access to this room Xander's in there for Christ's sake. Well, to be fair, Buffy and Xander got into the room with the clipboard. Oh, and glasses. Yeah. Well, no, they <laughs> Buffy specifically used the clipboard to keep the door from latching. Oh, I didn't catch that. So they're not supposed to be in there. But how the fuck did Riley get in there? Riley doesn't have previous access to 314 for fuck's sake. 
Yeah, but he's also running around shutting off cameras and maybe he stole somebody's badge. Like, he's doing all sorts of crazy shit. All the shit that he's doing makes me really question how much of his assery is himself and not withdrawal. Well, yeah, that's a slippery slope argument. Anyway, fight happens. Adam kicks some ass, kills the exposition doctor dude, and, and stabs Riley. And then decides not to kill anyone else and then leaves. And Buffy and Xander get thrown like at least twice each. Oh, yeah. And then douche canoe number three finally breaks through the door now that the fight's over. Right. And like they didn't see the whole thing go down. Buffy's like, he got away in the vents. And they're like, oh, yeah. And you just happened to be here thinking like blaming her for stabbing him. Right. It's like, all right, fuckers. You saw everything that just went down. Whatever. So. But yeah, Buffy wants to go with Riley and Forrest is like, it's a fucking military hospital. Excuse me, Forrest, but non-military people can visit people in a fucking military hospital for fuck's sake. Also, nobody's revoked her clearance just yet. Yeah. She's military. She still has fucking clearance. She got in here, didn't she? Like it or not. But no, she can't go with them. Forrest has to take him. But two two of the guns have these giant fucking scopes on them where the fucking end of the scope is like six inches in diameter. Mm-hmm. And these two guys who level these guns at, at Buffy look at her through the scopes. <laughs> and they're like five feet away. I'm sorry, but if you need a scope at five feet distance, maybe you shouldn't be in the military. Yeah, don't quit your day jobs, guys. <laughs> Go back to bagging groceries at Walmart. That just fucking cracked me up. <laughs> that was really bad extra direction. They're just like, hey guys, here's the guns that you have. These are props and they're all fancy and everything. But hey, level your guns at her. But <sighs> yeah, that's some serious bro love. Because they're like, no, you can't go. We love him more. (laughs) Xander's like, Buffy, can we just get the fuck out of here? And yeah, like for Xander's sake, fucking Riley will be fine. Right. He's got his bro love team. And honestly, while, okay, the chances that they could possibly even remotely lock Buffy up is very fucking slim. That is a worry. And that is a worry that Buffy should have. Well, she needs to be taking care of Xander right now. Well, that too. Yeah. That's the long and short of it. And then we cut back to Willie's place. That is correct. Where Spike gets the boot. He gets the boot rammed in his hard drive. (laughs) Gets his shit firmly implanted into his colon here. Takes it up the tailpipe. (laughs) <laughs> not literally he's, well he's, no not it's a figurative he's a metaphorical his, tailpipe getting his ass kicked so you know don't fuck with demons man and I mean words on the street that he's been killing demons with with the slayer and it's it's not wrong they're not no, wrong they're not wrong so they have every right to be fucking angry at him yeah switch sides if you want spike but you gotta actually switch sides you can't hang out with the same right. people that you're fucking up for funsies then we go to the campus, which is the next day, for some nice fun old wrap-up. A fun old wrap-up? Fun old wrap-up. It sounds like a carnival snack. It does. Hmm. God, I want some <laughs> funnel cake. I know, right? 
So we're on campus. Buffy and Willow are uh, walking leisurely. And Buffy is bemoaning that she can't talk to Riley until she comes up with a better plan than storming the castle. She's, and getting shot. Yeah. She's very stressed that uh, he needs her and she knows that he needs her and she can't get near him. And But she needs to focus on fighting Adam anyway. And Willow's like, is he that big of a threat? Well, he's he's smart. He's fast. He's pure evil and kills randomly. Yeah, he's kind of a threat. Uh, it, <laughs> Willow was asking such leading questions. Like, man, they're really expediting this wrap up here. Right, yeah. Like, characterization? <laughs> we don't need no stinking characterization. To, to the wind with ye. <laughs> yeah, poor Riley. Everything he's ever known has been taken away. Nothing to hold on to. Cut to the initiative. Where sh- he has something to hold on to. Yeah, it's Buffy's hippie-looking snot rag. Yeah. It is kind of a hippie-looking snot rag. It is. I hope there's no actual snot on it. Oh, God. That couldn't be good for the wound. No. It's going to get all nasty and goopy. I feel like he's got worse Uh, problems anyway. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Gerarg. Ger fucking Arg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give give, give, give me more! Nights, I shall walk in here. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. How'd you feel about this episode, Rex? I thought it was mostly boring. It really had kind of a mechanical feel to it. Yeah. Which, maybe they did that on purpose. Like, hey, it's Adam-themed. For an episode that is truly fully introducing who the big bad is for the rest of the goddamn season, I think it's fucking awful. They should have done much fucking better than this for introducing the big bad the rest of the goddamn season. Yeah, it just, it didn't resonate. I mean, I like the guy playing Adam. Yes. I think he's got great vocals, at least. Yeah, definitely. And very expressive face, considering how much is covered in prosthetic. And latex. Yeah. I feel like there's there's always these scenes that are just obligatory. Uh, We have to squeeze these lines in to explain why these characters are doing things and what they're trying to figure out. And I just felt like that was most of the episode this time, instead of an excuse to get them to the fun part. Right. The quick change from having Walsh as the bad guy to having Adam as the bad guy. And the sudden, like, well, well, he killed Walsh, and now Adam's the bad guy. Don't get me wrong. The actor they had play Professor Walsh, she was fucking amazing. She's a much bigger name especially in the 90s she was a huge fucking name that they managed to get for this smaller part and she's great for the part loved every moment that she was on camera lindsey kraus so yeah they got lindsey kraus to play maggie walsh but i personally think this was more of a detriment than such the big deal that they thought it was because she was such a big name, they had a limited amount of time that she, they could have her on camera. Mm-hmm. Because A, she was more expensive, and B, she had a busy schedule. So I think the reason this episode sucks so damn much is because they're like, well, we can't bring her back and put her on the screen. Whereas if they had not gotten such a big name to play that part, while it might not have been as good of acting for that part, they could have had the transition from what was going on with the initiative 
to what was going on with Maggie Walsh to holy shit, Adam is going to kill us all as drawn more of a drawn out process. And it might not have been so jarring and disappointing. Exactly. Yeah. So awesome that they got a nice big name for the part who was astoundingly good for the part, I think ruined it in the long run. That's a completely fair point. I think I really do appreciate um, just so we're not completely shitting on the episode. They did have some transitional effect where it wasn't just everybody's just completely forgotten about Walsh or is completely blase about Walsh dying. I appreciated completely what they did with having an episode where everybody's dealing with the fallout of losing Walsh as they're introducing this character relatively slowly. He was only in he was only in a handful of scenes and Riley's whole storyline with yeah. now him and his whole squad are having these drug related withdrawal symptoms, which were kind of an allegory for their grief at the same time, but they were also grief stricken. I'm just trying to have a couple of here's things that I didn't hate about the episode. Yeah. On that note, Something I also hated about the episode was the forced presence of Xander in the final initiative push when they got down there to... He didn't fucking do anything. He didn't bring anything to the... If you're going to fucking write him in there, at least give him a fucking reason to be there. Yeah. He was supposed to help with doing reconnaissance and have some sort of advice to give And Buffy ended up having to wrangle him and then save him. And yeah, it was just completely in the way. Yeah, so holy crap. Not a great episode. But it fits into the arc of the season and it does its job, I guess. The thing is, though, it isn't a good episode compared to the rest of the Buffy episodes. Sure, but it's still pretty fucking good. Like, for being a bad Buffy episode... Not that bad. Yeah, it's like pizza and sex. Even when it is bad, it's still pretty good. Yeah. Is the main (laughs) point. What's your quote of the day, Rex? So I'm actually going to give my quote of the day to Anya. And just for her, it didn't work, but they're all upset anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. It's too good just on the grounds that it's like, really? Obviously, it didn't work on you. She's right here. <laughs> and I love that. Well, I this is one of those moments that makes me go, I think Anya's on the spectrum because she doesn't understand why they're upset about it. As if they should just be like, oh, attempted murder failed. Great. Everything's hunky-dory. Right. It's like, no, there's implications behind it. Damn it. Read between the lines. <laughs> She's a very can't extrapolate from incomplete information kind of person. And it's endearing, but also hilarious. Yes. So that's why I liked that line. So what's your quote of the day? I'm going to go with Buffy and Xander's exchange. This is the initiative, Xander. Military guys and scientists (laughs) do not make out with each other. Well, maybe that's what's wrong with the world. Ever think about that? And I kind of agree with Xander. Yeah. That might just be what's wrong with the world. (laughs) Not enough people making out with each other. What the world (laughs) needs now is not Xander making out with Buffy, but... Other people making out with other people. Maybe just a lot more people making out with each other, sure. I want to give an honorable mention to Buffy's line, 
I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it and destroy it. And then you can stop asking me how happy all this death makes me. Yeah. I didn't choose it because it's heavy. But right. it was also just a fantastic retort to a recoculous accusation. Yeah. God damn it, Riley. Like, I I get it, Riley. You're going through withdrawal and your head's all fucked up and your, your world has shattered. But what the fuck? Couldn't have said it better myself. Well... I think that pretty much wraps it up. It does. This has been another episode of Beer with Buffy, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. It's been a lot more active on Facebook recently. Definitely people to talk to now. Hooray! If you can, pretty please review us on iTunes. That is the number one way that you can help us be more visible to more people and make us even bigger, better, and funnier. Not really, but it'll make us feel good. Uh, if you'd like to help support us financially, you can always head on over to store.beerwithbuffy.com where you can purchase t-shirts or a mug or stickers or even a hoodie. And if you want to just plain old give us your money or buy us a beer, you can head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. And as always, you can always leave us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. That's right, I say it throughout the episode, it's not a joke. Big thanks to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all our opening, transitional, and closing music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Keanu Speed, Rex. Yeah, we haven't done that in a while. I know. Reese me with you. Why, thank you. Instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>